Welcome to the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by myself, Danny Perez. On today's episode, we have Allison Toby. Allison is a graduate student from Black Forest, Colorado, studying global policy here at the University of Maine, where she just completed her final season of Division I college soccer. But before we get into today's episode, we have a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD, Inc. Daily Dose CBD, Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, well, yeah, welcome on. We got uh, Allison Toby on today, graduate student here at the University of Maine um, on the women's soccer team, studying global policy, and you're from Black Forest, Colorado. Welcome mm-hmm. on. Thank you. Uh, yeah, if you can just introduce yourself, tell everybody more about who you are, and um, yeah, we'll get started. All right, so like you said, I'm a goalkeeper on the UMaine women's soccer team. I did my undergrad and grad school here. I studied journalism for my undergrad, and I'm studying global policy and international affairs right now. Awesome. How'd you get into global policy? What made you kind of segue into that? So I studied international affairs for my minor in undergrad, Mm -hmm. and so I just kind of started doing that as a general interest, and through soccer, I had the opportunity to go to grad school and kind of figured that it was a way to to kind of further the skills that I learned there Mm -hmm. and either broaden my journalism expertise or find a new um, kind of pathway through international affairs. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, Obviously, soccer player. So talk about that journey and um, (laughs) how you ended up getting here and kind of just your soccer background of um, growing up. Obviously, we talked off the record and it's, I think, like that whole circuit and how you got here. Super cool. And um, playing in the youth ranks, if that's what it's called, right? Youth <laughs> ranks, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll go with that. That's what they call it in hockey is the youth <laughs> ranks. So, but playing in those younger ranks, I think it's a really cool process with the whole academy system and getting here. So if you can just kind of elaborate on that. Yeah, so I started playing soccer when I was about four, just in the rec leagues. And I just kind of did it in addition to other sports until I was about 10. And at that point, every sport kind of started becoming year-round and a little bit more specialized. And so I kind of stuck with soccer. And at first I was just playing for like a local competitive team in Colorado Springs and was a goalkeeper there and kind of outgrew um, kind of the the Colorado Springs team that I was playing for. And so my coach encouraged me to go up to a club in Denver to play at, at a higher level when I was about 12. And I switched to a club that was about 30 minutes closer to home. Um, called Colorado Storm and when I was there I got to play in the state cup and that was the first time that I got to guest play with an ECNL team which is elite clubs national league Um, and so I got to go to regionals with a team that just needed a goalkeeper they were a year older I I didn't have too much experience but I just kind of jumped on that opportunity 
my coach called me the night before they were flying out to Seattle and said, hey, we need a goalkeeper. Cool. And we just need somebody to fill in in case their their starting goalkeeper got hurt. And I was like, yep, sweet. Like, I will meet you at the airport at 9 a.m. Awesome, tomorrow. yeah. And so that was kind of my first experience in this, this bigger league. Um, it's a national league, and so there were three teams in Colorado, and the rest of our conference was in Oregon, Washington, Northern California, Utah, and Idaho. And so um, after kind of that experience, I, I moved to Real Colorado, which is another club where I had the opportunity to earn a spot on the UCNL team. And I, I didn't necessarily get there at first. I, I played on the second team for about a season. Uh, I went through a few ups and downs with just confidence issues of, mm-hmm. of being on the second team, playing a year older than, than I had been playing, um, and kind of worked through all of that. And I got to play with some of the best players in the world um, that, that are now on the US national team, playing for some of the best clubs or colleges in the country. Um, and so I, I got a chance to, to play for, for the UCNL team, and I eventually earned the, the starting spot on that team. I went to nationals with that team. I committed to the University of Denver, and um, after kind of playing through that circuit, I went off to college. Uh, I went to the University of Denver and kind of quickly found out that that wasn't the best fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty young when I committed, didn't necessarily know what, what I wanted. And then after that, the first season, I sent probably 50 emails out to colleges. Mm-hmm. And the coach here called me in about 10 minutes after I sent that email and said, hey, we'd love to get you out here on a visit. And I flew out to Maine in the middle of December in a blizzard, and I just fell in love with Maine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not many people can say that that's the situation <laughs> that when they, when they come on their visit and fall in love with the school, but that's what makes this place special, I think, right? Absolutely. Uh, how young were you committed to uh, to Denver? Because I think that that's an important piece of the story yeah, to kind so of show about like that whole process of it all. I went on my first visit to DU the end of eighth grade. Yeah. And just I kind of in the back of my mind that was always where I was going to go committed mm-hmm. pretty young um like 15 16 um when when I officially like made that decision but ever since eighth grade that was the first school I visited and I just I kind of knew that that was going to be it from, yeah. from the beginning but I, I signed there on signing day my senior year and it was about five years I kind of knew that that's where I was going to end up yeah and it was right away kind of in your first year and you just felt it wasn't the right fit and felt change was needed yeah, I I, th- I think I was a little bit young to be going to college. I started when I was 17. Mm-hmm. I went from being in a small town in, outside of Colorado Springs to being in the middle of Denver, playing soccer on this, this new high level, and I just I felt like I just was overwhelmed all the yeah. time. Yeah, which and is normal, I feel like, when you're so – I mean, because you're obviously probably late for your, your – mm-hmm. um, Late in the year for your grade, correct? Yeah. Well, what uh, month were you born? August. 99. August, yeah. So you already come in at 17. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different environment change. And then throwing in Division One athletics is its no easy task. It happens a lot, too. And mm-hmm. it's a hard adjustment for people to make. And I think many people realize that. Yeah. And I think something that I dealt with through club and eventually, like, when I got to Denver was, was just confidence issues on the fields. Like, mm-hmm. I would get in my head with the comparison game of oh this goalkeeper is doing this really well like and my performance would just suffer and 
and soccer was something that was always my outlet and eventually it just became something that mm -hmm. that I was just like overwhelmed yeah. by and I just yep. couldn't even like recognize myself like on the field of like this isn't how I play this isn't yeah. who I am I don't know what what I'm doing right now yeah and that's like a spiraling effect too because mm -hmm. when you have your one outlet where you can feel you're most confident and it's also these things you're dealing with are now starting to affect that. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh man, I have nowhere to turn. Like this is such a tough situation to be in. And mm -hmm. it just compounds it even more and more and kind of could put you in a, in a tough situation, in a bad spot mentally. Right. Man, um, I kind of want to segue into now like the whole mental health piece of it all and kind of talk about the things, however much you feel free to open mm -hmm. up about or whatever you feel comfortable with. Just talk about that side of it and I guess how soccer played a role in that or just talk freely on um, just kind of your journey with mental health and how that goes? Yeah, so I mean, looking back on it now, when when I was at Denver, I was definitely, I was going home every weekend. I wasn't spending time with the team. Like I just needed to like find time to just like calm down and be with like my family. And mm -hmm. luckily I lived 45 minutes from the college and yeah. I could do that. Um, but it wasn't until I got to UMaine that I really started kind of looking at mental health. and. It happened my sophomore year. I, I went through a pretty serious injury with my back and just the nerves got really pinched and there was a lot of swelling and my right leg just kind of went numb and I couldn't play for six months and it, it was really hard and that was kind of the first time I was not in control of everything mm -hmm. that, that was going on and I was still going to practices but I was sitting on the sidelines and I just didn't know what to do and I was it was really hard and I think that that semester I, I started going to the counseling center here at UMaine mm -hmm. and just talking to a therapist and just kind of about what I was feeling and what I was going through because something that that was my outlet and what I loved doing and it was just gone and I didn't have that avenue mm -hmm. and and so I, I kind of had to figure out who I was out of soccer I, I wasn't sure if I was gonna play soccer again it, it was just a very long process of yeah. trying to figure out like what am I gonna do yeah. now no, exactly. That's a, a common theme too with a lot of people we've had on the a, a lot of the athletes we've had on who are who moved on from their sport. It's like it, you identify with this for your whole life, and you don't even think about the transition. But at some point, it does happen. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of those things that like yeah, it's in the back of your mind. Like uh, I'll worry about that when I get there. Yeah. And then when you're at that point, it's like oh my god, this is my whole life. This is me. That's mm -hmm. it's being dismantled. It's no longer me anymore. And <laughs> what do you do with that? A yeah. lot of people, it's a tough transition to make and one that you're not really prepared for. Right. And if when I was a senior in high school, if you asked what I was going to do after college, I said I was going to go to Europe and I was going to play soccer. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to college, obviously, to get a degree, but, but I wanted to be a soccer player. For sure. And that just kind of hit me really hard that, like, oh, my God, I have to figure out what am I going to do if I can't play soccer. Mm -hmm. And right now, where I'm at in life, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I got really involved with the journalism department. I started writing a lot more and, and I kind of found myself outside of soccer, but at first that was really, really hard yeah. to go through and, and just completely lose my identity at the time. Yeah, and what year was that again you said, sorry? It was my sophomore, sophomore year. Sophomore year, yeah. I'm actually happy that you mentioned that it was the greatest thing that's happened to you because I think that that's the biggest silver lining through all this and these traumatic experiences where you're kind of going through that identity crisis and. Mm -hmm when you're dealing with something with your sport, it forces you in a tough situation, which I don't wish anybody go through that, but you're happy for it. And there's been times where I've been so happy for the things I've gone through because mm -hmm. it gets you to be a little more creative with yourself and, okay, what are the other interests that I have? And mm -hmm. that's awesome that you've found that and I want you to kind of you know talk about that and 
dive into some of the things, into more of some of the things that you've gone into and how you're now in that rabbit hole and, and, mm-hmm. and that's been enlightening for you. It's been great. Yeah. Like that new transition, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah, and, and it's been awesome because the four years I was at UMaine, every single year I had, had an injury and I couldn't really get off my feet with soccer. Mm-hmm. I, I had two going on three surgeries on my wrist and as a goalkeeper, that's pretty tough to come back from. Yep. And so at, at first when I started writing, I, I it was with a class with um, – my professor, Beth Staples, I think we had that one yep. together. Yeah, we did. And I was terrified because one of the first assignments, she said, you have to go find somebody to job shadow. And I was terrified. I was like, I don't want to email. Yeah. Like, I'm really nervous. I've never taken, like, a real journalism class before. But I met um, Larry Mahoney at the Bangor Daily News, and he dragged me all over the Bangor Orono area to every game I wanted to go yeah. to. We, we covered, like, high school soccer. And then – after I kind of got comfortable writing up high school soccer games, we would go to UMaine football, women's basketball. Like I, I got cool. to sit in and watch him do some hockey games, and it was nice that sports kind of allowed me that transition into into writing. I started writing for a school newspaper for the culture section of the of the paper, and I got an internship as a digital editor at at the Bangor Daily News, and that was really cool because I got to cover the outbreak of the COVID pandemic. Oh, wow, really? And yeah, and so I worked on the breaking news desk and at first it, it was January, February of 2020 and it was pretty smooth and then March hit and all of a sudden, like within a week we were covering the pandemic. I was working from my apartment now and everything was kind of transitioning to cover that and mm-hmm. and to be as young as I was and covering that, that was really, really cool. That's awesome, being thrown right into the fire. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated in 2020, and I started grad school that, that fall, and I, I fell in love with international affairs and politics and, so cool. and kind of figured out that that was the path that I kind of wanted to go down. And I started working on my own thesis. I got to do a really cool internship this past summer with the Cohen Group doing strategic advisory kind of consulting stuff, Sick. and, and it's, it's been absolutely awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love how you said that you fell in love with it because I feel like, um, you know, I just want to reiterate that like people just feel like this is the only thing they're ever going to fall in love with is, is their sport. And um, you found something else, and but it took some exploring. I mean, mm-hmm. you were nervous at first. You had to reach out, and you were pushed to do that. You had a little nudge from, from class with Beth Staples, yeah. and she's awesome. And now you have this, this new thing that is – is awesome for you and that you love and mm-hmm. that you're you know taking by storm I think that's really cool that it's just a good message to portray to everyone listening that you know there is light at the end of the tunnel and mm-hmm. there are other things that you can enjoy in, in life and, and fall in love with and I feel like that reinvigorated sense of self and mm-hmm. in other passions and your sport and I know it's tough when you're when you're in it but there is that and you're proof in the pudding which I yeah. think is awesome <laughs> um, you mentioned you went to the counseling center um, I, I want to talk about that because I think that's something that I think uh, it's being more utilized now on college campuses and beyond, mm-hmm. but I think it still is underutilized in ways, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's getting better. Um, but talk about that experience that you had. Obviously, you don't have to go into specifics at all, but just like overall the experience of talking to someone who's a professional and getting these things off your chest and getting that new perspective and, yeah, just dive into what that was like for you. Yeah, so my first kind of maybe I need to get – maybe talk to somebody moment um, was the spring that I transferred here in 2018 the student athlete advisory committee which I was voted to on my team was doing a whole mental awareness month and 
I started getting pretty involved in that, and and I was asked if I wanted to do so, like go on a video that they were doing, like a promo video. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me, they were like, "Have you ever had experiences with anxiety or depression?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe yeah. I have." Yeah. <laughs> and maybe so, sometime I don't know. <laughs> and so that was kind of the the first moment of like maybe like I I need to go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe try to go talk to somebody. Um. And and after my injury, I just. I didn't know I was sitting in my room watching TV on my laptop in bed all day. And I was like, I need to like do something to yeah. like better myself because yeah. this isn't who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I talked to somebody there just about everything I was going through, through kind of trying to play through injuries and being in, in pain a lot to now I'm not playing. I don't know what the next step is to, and it was really nice to just talk to somebody outside of the athletics world mm-hmm. who has no idea who anybody is. They don't know the, the situations on your team, the teams that you're playing to, to, to sit down with somebody who's hearing what you're going through from your own perspective yeah. and, and kind of talk about that. It was, it was really nice because I could just work through what I was seeing from my own perspective. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, We've had a couple different, I guess, perspectives on it. Some people are like, oh, why would I tell somebody that I don't know how I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. And here you are with like, oh, I don't know this person. This is <laughs> the perfect opportunity to tell yeah. them exactly how I'm feeling. And they don't have the, they don't know the dynamics in the team. So I think it's just, I think that's a great perspective of it. It's like, you know what, this person is here to help. And they don't have like that viewpoint of being involved with the team, which I think is a great resource because then you don't feel like you have to hold anything back and you can kind of let things go. And um, just talk openly. Mm-hmm. How did you feel like that experience went for you? Were you were you super nervous going into it? I know a lot of people are hesitant, or were you just like, you know what? I think I, I think I need to do this. It'll, it was like smooth sailing for you, or kind of like how was the first couple sessions with it? The the first time I went was weird. I we just kind of sat down and talked, and it was I just had never really talked to anybody that that way before. Um, kind of before I went went to the counseling center I was just talking to my roommates about it and my my one of my best friends was kind of going through injuries we kind of went through the four years together off and on being injured and and both of us would just kind of talk to each other about it and then maybe it kind of got to the point where both of us or at least I was like I, I need to go talk to somebody yeah. about this yeah but yeah go ahead sorry no, that's just like not on my on my team yeah. somebody who can like actually like like I can sit and rant all day mm-hmm. long we could all sit and rant all day long but I kind of need to figure out how to get out of this mm-hmm. and looking back how do you feel that experience went you know saying hey I need to talk and, and going through that whole process looking back how do you think um, it benefited you well I, I think it helped me kind of get out of that that funk that I was mm-hmm. in and tried I felt like I could go and do other things that, that weren't just soccer because mm-hmm. before that it was just everything I did was soccer and I had an awesome support system from my roommates, from my family, and everything to, to kind of work through that. Yeah. Did you have any tools that they've, that um, the counselor you spoke with, told you to like, hey, do this and implement this into like a daily routine or something like that, or was it just more so that conversation piece that that you benefited from most? It was that conversation piece that I yeah. think I benefited from the most. Um, it it just kind of gave me an avenue to kind of talk my way through mm-hmm. through everything and and kind of feel supported in that I I was pretty aware of like routines and stuff just little things that I could do to, to still be involved with my team and kind of balance all of that but but it was just really nice to, 
to mm-hmm. talk to somebody because a lot of the time your coaches aren't necessarily people you yeah. can can kind of go to or kind of share everything with. I I don't think that people should be looked down upon because they have mental any any mental health yeah any issues or anything like that. But if even if it's treated like an injury, if you have an injury, you might not be playing. Exactly. And so it's kind of a tough balance of like I don't. I can tell my coaches what's going on and they can kind of be aware that like I'm not doing super great going through this injury but to kind of be able to talk to somebody outside of that Mm -hmm. and actually share everything that's going on yeah well I think that I've said it a million times here on on this podcast too it's like we focus so much on the physical aspect of, of everything in life and especially athletics but I think that the mental side is far more important mm-hmm. and you can train the whole summer or your whole off season whenever that is and get prepared physically for the season and, and kill it in your testing do so well but when you're dealing with something like anxiety or depression it's like you can't even utilize your body anymore and mm-hmm. it's like all that hard work physically it's great but if you don't have the mental side of it down or, or are working on that then all that work you did is no good and it's like that's mm-hmm. I'm happy that you mentioned that because I want to continue to stress the importance of vocalizing these feelings and, and being open with yourself and it's just as important if not more than the physical work that you put in mm-hmm. in, in anything like it could be athletics or whatever endeavor that you're doing yeah absolutely and and like I said I struggled with some confidence issues and stuff yeah. in the field and and kind of reading through different sports psychology articles and and all of that trying to find little tricks because as a goalkeeper you could let in a goal and be in your head the entire game yep for sure and that's not going to help you that's not going to help your teammates and and to try to figure out tools to to build yourself up on the fields Mm -hmm. and and also coming back from injury you're obviously not at the top of your game for sure you're you're kind of starting from square one again and and it's you have to build back all that confidence all that strength again and and having the mental tools to be able to come back from an injury is is probably one of the most helpful things that you can have. Well, I'm happy that you mentioned it too, that you took the initiative to look up articles and and find things that, you know, could help you benefit for your athletics and and for the mental side of it because I think the only person that's going to get yourself out of that, obviously with with help for sure that we talked Mm -hmm. about, but you have to make the initiative. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy that you did. And if you remember, like, what are some of the things that you realized that, you took from those articles or the things that you read that helped you. Do you remember many of the stuff that you read and kind of researched to help you get out of it? Um, yeah, a lot of it just kind of worked on like little things to kind of move past, um, like making a mistake or things like that. Um, my brother was a really competitive wrestler in high school and he went to a sports psychologist at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs and my mom would come home and tell me about like what Matt was learning uh-huh. and and she would say you know like if you make a mistake like you just put it in the cloud and you make the cloud disappear and I was like that's kind of weird that yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> do that but <laughs> I would find myself in games just like doing little things of like oh like that mistake is just like going away yeah. in the cloud and I tried it out at a practice one day and it kind of worked and and just kind of going through some breathing techniques as well of just all right, like something happened, just take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out, because it's in the past. Like you have to focus on just the mm-hmm. next one, and and you you're the only one who can kind of fix that yeah. that bump, or just not let yourself get get down in that that funk after something bad happens. 
I like the cloud. Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting way to think of it. I feel like I'd be like so, f- I'd like the worst OED. I'm going to be like focusing the cloud. The cloud's still there. It's like, it doesn't even exist. Move on, dude. Keep playing. Like, holy smokes. That's something I would do. But no, that that's great. I think yeah. that's awesome. Um, as far as the, within the mental health community within University of Maine, just kind of talk about how that, you know, was for you. And did you feel like that helped you and talking about that stuff more and being open about it through that platform and just talk about more of, you know, the work you did here within this community? Yeah, so like I mentioned, I helped out with a lot of the, the SAC stuff yeah. here on campus. And that was really nice to be able to talk to other people and be like, hey, like, if, if you need help, like, go get help. Like, here are the resources that you can use. Like, maybe it's not, like, I'm going to go tell my coach what's going on, but here are the concrete, like, resources that yeah. I can go to and do that. I wrote a lot of articles for my classes on um, – athletes and mental health. I, I got one published for a, a final. It was a group project and we did like a multimedia project, um, like a podcast and video stuff and, and a written piece on um, mental health and athletics and, and kind of the, the stigma surrounding that, but yeah. also like the amount of athletes that, that do have mental health problems because I think that watching sports on TV you get mad at your favorite player for dropping a pass and it's going to impact your fantasy points mm-hmm. but yeah that that's a real person on the TV who who's going to make mistakes and mm-hmm. and they're real people at the end of the day going through a lot of pressure and division 1 athletics is is a lot of pressure it's, yeah you're competing for a job every day you're competing to win in your conference you still have to maintain your GPA and everything like that and just to kind of be able to to give a little bit of light using kind of my journalism background to be able to just share some more pieces on that and still be involved with with SAC and in our athletic department um, trying to get sports psychologists on staff or trying to to have more events where mental health is is kind of the centerpiece of it but it's fun activities we do the Mm -hmm. better together games in April and it's just every team here is invited and we play like dodgeball and family feud with mental health related questions and and just trying to like bring awareness to to mental health Mm -hmm. in athletics yeah i think the best part is just being more open about it and it's great that you're using your gifts to to discuss this and on many different platforms and talk about it because there's going to be people out there i'm sure hundreds of people have seen the stuff that you've written and it's made an impact whether they have told you that or not Mm -hmm. Um, whether you even know them or not, there's people out there who have read your stuff or seen your stuff and it's helped them. Um, I think that being vulnerable and open and talking about this stuff does allow people to have a, a, a shimmer of light in, in their life that, okay, I'm not the only one going through this because you do feel like you're alone. And that's awesome. Yeah. The, you know, you know the, the initiatives that you're doing with mm-hmm. um, the games and all that stuff. And what I just want to know, like, what more do you think could be done in – regards to I guess mental health awareness and um, I guess breaking that stigma because it's something I think about a lot and I don't know it's kind of interesting I feel like these things are great to, to open and talk about it I think people need to, to do what you do and take initiative and, and search these things themselves too but um, not to put you in the spot too much but if you like, had an idea what do you think could be done to help people and get out of this these tough situations and bring more light to it yeah, so I think that every school should have a psychologist on their athletic staff, mm-hmm. just somebody who's in their academic center, who's a friendly face that they can see every day, and it's no different than going into the athletic training room. Mm-hmm. And it's just somebody that's there that you can go talk to, and it's just a normal 
normal thing that everybody has access to and everybody sees. But also finding resources for everybody to use, whether it's just a little database that, that athletes can go to and if you're struggling with something, here's a list of articles that you can go through, here are some places that you can get help, just kind of making the access to that easier mm-hmm. and and also continuing discussions if, if you're going through something and and you feel comfortable that you're in a place that you can share that, like share that story with the people around you because you don't know who's also going through that. Like I would make it a point with all the girls who are injured to make sure like check in, like if you guys need anything, like here are the resources that you yeah. do. Like I've I've been here, I've been out for seasons and and I just, I think that helping people who are kind of in the same situation as you is, is really important too. Yeah. No, big time. I agree. And that's awesome. Um, again, that you do that stuff and are being that helping hand for, for other people out there. Um, and not to take up too much of your time, a couple final questions yeah. here. And, um, how are you doing today? And I guess in this day and age and how do you have like, a, feel like you have a good grip on, on things or do you have like a daily routine that you try and implement into your day to day life? Are you, um, cause I feel like dealing with these things is different for everybody. Some people have to be on it every single day. Some people it comes for a month or two, lull, and then it's just, it's gone. And they have to, you know, they don't have to worry about it as much, but how do you feel like, uh, you have your, you know, your mental health dialed right now and, you know, are you in a good spot and any routines that you feel like you want to share with the, with the world and let them know that they can take with them? Yeah. So I am doing well. Um, That's good. I, finished my soccer career at the end of October and so kind of transitioning out of that was a little bit different Mm -hmm. Um, not waking up every morning going to lift going to practice seeing everybody on the team was a little bit different at first but but at that point I think I was ready to move on from soccer but I kind of quickly learned that I only knew how to work out as an athlete I only knew how to eat as an athlete Mm -hmm. and so it was a quick learning curve of all right I need to like actually sit down and like make a breakfast and and learn how to like cook lunch and dinner yeah. and and still make sure every day that that I'm doing something to yeah. just move my body because I I was at first I was like oh I don't need to work out like I'm done and and but just that piece like was missing for me yeah. and so just doing like yoga or going to the rec center and and walking for 30 minutes because it's snowing and you can't go for a long yeah, exactly. um just trying to find just an everyday routine because I do work from home. My my job is remote and I only have one class a week and so I had to kind of figure out a way without soccer to find that routine of all right, I still need to get up at, at eight mm-hmm. in the morning and not sleep in until noon and yep. like actually get my day started. Yeah. And so just finding time for myself to work out and actually finding time to like sit down and just eat a good meal and, and just stay in a routine that way has yeah. helped a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of athletes making that transition, they kind of find um, themselves running into the same thing. It's like you're in a, this routine with this goal of being the best athlete you could be. You're making it a, to a certain level, and then you don't have that, and you're like, oh, I guess I can just throw that all away. And then you're like, oh, God, no, I don't feel very good anymore. I got to get back on track. So yeah. that's kind of a weird, like, thing to go through, too. It's like yeah. you feel, like, a, a, like lazy, and it kind of feels good in a way for a bit. For, like, the first two weeks, yeah. it was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. But after that, I was like, I feel really gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to do something. Yeah. And and I kind of quickly learned that I've been lifting since I was 13, yeah. 14 years old. Like, I, I've been going to a sports performance coach, and everything I've done has kind of geared me to be – the best goalkeeper that I can be and now that I'm not that I I need to just I'm working on a routine where where I'm just 
taking care of my body and and I have been through a lot of injuries and just finding ways to just stay active and stay healthy, but for not sure. necessarily putting that stressful load on my body like I yeah, used to. For sure. Um, that's awesome. And last thing, what is one thing or three things that you would have told your younger self, um, whether it be like, a, you know, just in a rough patch or something that you wish you would have known, or it could be a young, young girl out there playing soccer or, or someone, you know, who's out there going through a rough time. What, what's something that you'd want them to know? This is something that my mom sent me when I was at the University of Denver, and I stick it on the door everywhere that I've lived. Oh, way, cool. Uh, you didn't come this far to only come this far. Um, whether you're you're on the field and you're fighting for that that first ECNL spot, um, like earning your way through a club, like you you're you didn't come this far to only come this far, mm -hmm. and and still today through college, like I say that all the time coming back from injuries doing all of that it's just something that's always been in the back of my head is you worked really really hard to get here and this isn't the place that you're going to stop that's awesome yeah. i absolutely love that that's great and i can't thank you enough for your time and, and coming on here and being vulnerable and open to talking about this and um, it was absolutely awesome talking to you and i can't wait to share this with everybody and <laughs> put this out to the world i know it's going to help a lot of people and there's a lot of great information a lot of useful information mm -hmm. so um, thank you again, and if you want to plug plug your Instagram or your social media <laughs> handles, whatever the case is, that people can follow you. Um, that'd be great. If not, no worries. But just wanted to give you a shout out there. Yeah, thank you at Ali Toby on Instagram. Awesome, cool. All right, well, thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, it. this. Yeah. Was awesome. Thank you. <laughs>